What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You'll see episode 214. I am your host, Greg. I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler, but we also have from Winging It in Motown, Jay joining us on the show tonight. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing pretty well. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. Not much to complain about except for this horribly officiated game once again. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. Ryan and Tyler, how are you guys doing? I'm the same way. Uh, no, I'm about to have any aneurysm from this uh, game so far, even though the Wings are winning. It's not without a little bit of luck and some great goaltending already from Helberg. So, going to have to beat the Sens and the officiating, it would appear. So, normal hockey night, Tyler? I'm doing well. Uh, I was doing better about 10 minutes ago, but, you know, thankfully... Um, Peron put the wings on top, so doing a little bit better here, but, um, no, can't complain much at all. Beautiful. Uh, but we do have Jay on tonight and we have Jay on tonight for a reason. Been heading winging at Motown for the longest time. And then Vox Media decided they wanted to be a bunch of assholes, uh, cut a bunch of SB Nation stuff, most of the hockey, which really didn't cost them anything and threw their hands up and said, fuck it. Uh, so what we're going to do tonight is we are going to have Jay give us top to bottom wing and Motown stuff. Is tomorrow is your last day, isn't it? Uh, not anymore. So uh, the the latest update is we've been extended through March um, because they. <clears throat> so from best I can figure, and this is all uh, rampant speculation, and I may have to rescind all of it later on. Um, but they decided they just didn't want to do hockey anymore, oh. and so. When they came out, it was like, we're just going to cut everybody. But then it was, like, oh, well, we've got a bunch of communities, a bunch of people that still, you know, want to actually hear us. So what's the the plan? So they started putting together this plan for us to get sold to another network. I'm not going to mention it. I don't take them seriously. And so when it came time to, like, to, to make that decision, we all asked, well, what's their contract going to look like? And they said, ah, they won't share it into, unless you say yes. I'm like, okay, no. So we all voted against that. And instead, the site managers from all the affected hockey sites decided that we're going to get our site IP and our um, it's it's our archives, and then we're just going to be able to go independent. But in order to do that, Vox extended us through March so that basically they can cover their own asses uh, in terms of all the lawyerly stuff that's got to go on for the next month. We're not going to be dark on March first, but. Um, I've decided that I'm I'm taking my last months of pay to do whatever it takes to help whoever's going to take over, um, rather than I like it's it's not going to be the same whim starting starting Wednesday. Yeah, it's almost. I mean, if everyone going independent, it's not like you're starting over, but it's. I mean, it's going to be a little bit freeing, but it's going to be a lot of hard work because if if you don't have the backing support, it's a lot of upkeep. And it's I mean, guess it's nice that they're extending you until March, but it's kind of like they're just giving you that time so they don't get in trouble. Uh, but that's what I was one of the things I was going to ask you is, did you guys have any kind of plans once this happened to maybe just get together with everyone and start your own kind of network? That's still kind of being talked about. Like we were all so blindsided about it that like because one of the we've we've known for years, you know, because when I first started writing for Wim, there was no pay. And then when I took over running with the pay was egregiously rip off. And then finally they started paying like a decent hobby wage. And then that's when it all ended. But 
one of the things that kept me going was like I never really wanted to be like the blog manager. I just wanted to be a blogger. I just wanted to like go long winded and go on rants and talk shit and just you know have a site have a place for for people to like minded stuff like you know the bartender at at the local joint where people can just fuck around. So we all knew like because I've had conversations over the last ten years about what happens if it all falls apart and you know what exactly would would it take to to go independent and yeah it's just a, it's a lot of stuff like i don't want to know anything more than i already do about all that back end stuff and i don't want to have to hire a bunch of uh, a bunch of people who actually know how to code like i everything i know about html i, I learned against my will and yeah i i took basically rip off pay for the the privilege of, of not having to do all this back end stuff. And so now everybody's talking about, you know, we're going to run this and we're going to, there's a lot of different options and a lot of different snakes have come out of the woodwork. Oh yeah. I'm so sorry that your blog is going away, but Hey, if you consider joining us, wouldn't it be great? And it's like, I'm sorry. I've talked to jerk offs like you for, for 15 years now. I, I know how this shit works. I, I made the decision that like, I just do not have the energy to try to rebuild. So, I think that whoever is is interested in in taking over Wim and I've I've got about half a succession plan going on right now, but the opportunity to to make more money than I was making before Vox pulled the plug is out there. It's just I'm not the guy for it. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think it's still it's the importance of it because the importance of it is you're not guys sitting in the locker room doing interviews. You're not Helene St. James. You're not Ansar Khan. You're actually fans of the game, smart fans of the game, putting down stuff that guys like that couldn't write. They can't be overly critical. They can't judge the team or judge moves because then they lose their credentials. So it is the it's the objective takes that need to happen and need to be put out there more. And when Vox does something like this or any big company does something like this, it's shutting down fan perspectives of stuff or funded fan pers uh, perspectives of stuff. So that's I mean, the main reason why it sucks is because you build the community, you get the trust of the people, you become a source for information and then a plug gets pulled. And that's kind of where we looked at it and we're like, this really, really sucks. And you saw it all over Twitter. Everyone's like, hey, the Wayne Motown, we've been following them forever. This is where we get our news from. Their, their articles are awesome. Their writers have been fantastic. I've I've met with Kyle, like in per had lunch with Kyle in person <laughs> several times when he uh, lived in the Royal Oak area. And it's just the people that write are like really genuine. And you can still get that online in a few other places, but it's not as, I guess, uh, as a personal level as what winging it in Motown had brought. And that is kind of why, I mean, it's, it's pretty upsetting that it's going or going to be either a going away or drastically changing. The one question though, I wanted to get to you before, <laughs> before we went any further definitive answer is a hot dog, a sandwich. Um, Yes, a hot dog is a sandwich, but you're an asshole for treating it like one. <laughs> so you mean if you if you OK, so if you turn it sideways and eat it like a sandwich? No, if you and I are deciding that, that we're going to go out to lunch, you go, oh, hey, let's go get sandwiches. And I meet you and you hand me a hot dog. You're an asshole. You've handed me a sandwich, but you're an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> if anyone goes to get sandwiches with you and they give you a hot dog, the person's a psycho. 
Right. Like off the top. It is a sandwich, but you don't go to a sandwich place to get one. Exactly. The, the, the purpose of, of all communication, the purpose of language in itself is to create shared understanding that makes sure that, we talk, that we're talking about the same thing. And I understand there is a scientific definition and you've got to have this prescriptivist bullshit about like, yes, if a sandwich meets these criteria, then a hot dog has to meet those criteria. Sure. But you are never talking about hot dogs when you're talking about sandwiches. So uh, for the purposes of languages, for semantics, no, don't, don't, don't treat it like that. But a Starburst is a candy bar. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on. Hold on. Professor, continue. No, I mean this has been my this has been my, my longest uh my longest rolling running troll of all of Twitter is uh the Starburst is a candy bar. It is a bar, it is uh it is candy in a bar shaped, it is a candy bar. Okay. It's not a candy square, it is it is bar shaped. Okay, I'll give you but then any candy that's shaped like that, that is wrapped, would be a candy bar. Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. It just, it follows the line. If I offer you a candy bar and hand you a Starburst, I'm an asshole. Yeah. Oh, no. I fully agree. Um, so I want to get from you the word, the word from your mouth, the beginning of how it started, because it was a, a bunch of assholes sitting around talking about hockey, right? That's like almost identical quote from you. Um, just how it started and then just kind of the community that it's gathered and kind of like what that's meant to you. Yeah. I mean, this is just like you were just talking about. Uh, I mean, I only ever wanted to to share the, the Red Wings talk. So I started off on Kukla's corner, specifically at Abel Iserman under the chief. Um, I don't know how many people even remember that back in, back in the dark days. I remember uh, it. Yeah, I mean, when there was a true Red Wings blogosphere, and that was, there was always 19 of us, and we were always just just shooting the shit. We were, uh, it, it was a good community. And from there, like, I was always one of the most long-winded commenters anyway, and people were always like, JJ, why don't you blog? I'm like, because Chiefs got this covered. And then it wasn't until probably a year or two later when uh, I was approached by Michael Petrella, who, who at the time ran the production line. He said, you know, have you have you considered winging in Motown? Like I hadn't really heard of it by the, at that point. It was still pretty new. So I, he put me in touch with Casey Ritchie, who was the blog manager. He was only the second blog manager uh, in in that blog's history. So I joined on and still split my time between there and able to Irishman for a while. But I, I did all of my my long form writing there. And then a year later, Casey decided he was going to move on. It's like I can't think of anybody else I want to hand this to you to other than you. So. I took over as the blog manager. At that point, we had like a good group of of real solid guys. Like I'm like Jeff and Graham, like we were the three the three horsemen at the time. We're still, you know, best of friends. And then we just kept joining on uh, bringing people along. But that was back in in the earlier days when like there were, truly was a Red Wings blogosphere. Like everybody who wanted to to chat about the wings, it was all like we all get that we are Red Wings fan. We all have like differing opinions and, and, you know, it's, it's not, it wasn't even a competition. It was like, Oh, Hey, check out what this other blog is, is talking about right now. This is a really good analysis or, or Hey, let's, let's talk about that. And it was very much an us versus them uh, versus the, the diggers because none of us had access. So it was, okay, here's what the diggers are reporting. Cause that's their job, but here's what everything actually really means. And here's the fans perspective on it. And then just kind of over the years, it, it morphed into kind of an amalgamation of, yeah, some of it is fan blogging and some of it is like fan journalism. And then 
SB Nation got bought by Vox, and it really did turn more into that fan journalism piece. And that was when it like when it truly became I was a, a blog manager more than a, than a blogger. So it's it's not like it wasn't it was less fun, but over the course and I really the advent of Twitter kind of changed a lot of things because it was like if you had something to say, you didn't have anywhere to say other than on a blog or in a blog comment section. And so that was that was really where it happened. And then when Twitter came about, most of those hot takes just took place there instead. And so that kind of drove all of us as as bloggers to really kind of a, a kind of changed the way we were doing things to be a little bit more analytic, a little bit more thoughtful, you know, because back then you only had 140 characters um, and far fewer Nazis. But sorry, I had to get that in. <laughs> but if you had like more to say, you had to go to a, to a, to a blog. And so it was the the thought about losing that. And I know, honestly, the, the Red Wings online community is, is going to live on. Like it didn't oh, yeah. start and stop with WIM. Like it, it, it existed before we did. And it's going to exist in just in a different way. I mean, yeah. honestly, I'm I'm an old man by now. So it's like I get on Twitter and I, I see, you know, what the Red Wing, what the younger Red Wings blogosphere is doing. They're not even a blogosphere anymore, but what the, the younger Red Wings influencers, I guess they are. The, the uh, ones they're that doing, are like, yelling into the air. <laughs> yeah. I don't get this shit. Get off my lawn. Um, You're not out there making hey. fan cams, Jay? <laughs> no. I, I, <laughs> no, thanks. No hot beat song coming here soon? No. <laughs> I still do my photoshops on MS Paint, so. You mentioned community. And what, what Wim did was it helped build that community. So you, like Twitter, like you said, the advent of Twitter Twitter became the town hall for people like we can all yell our opinions into the void on Twitter. But in, in we had talked to uh, Stacy Burlingame, who is the manager of social media for the Red Wings. And I think we agree that we have one of the best fan bases on all of Twitter in hockey, the Red Wings fan base, because the team and, and mostly because it's an original six team and we've been good. We've all experienced good hockey and we've all experienced bad hockey together as a group of people. But I think that having the fan run blogs, especially the fan run blogs with Twitter accounts or the fan run like we're fan run podcast with a Twitter account, we can get out there. We can break stuff down. We can analyze and we can help people walk through stuff in a in a way that I think is a lot easier to digest and easier to break down. So I think that's one of the big things for and it's why though these fan run things need to keep going and it's why they need support. And if if Vox wants to sell it to a different company and hopefully it's not a shitty company, but I'm betting it is because the shitty companies normally have a lot of money that it'll keep going and that they can support it. And the best thing that could happen is that a company could see a value in it, pick it up and leave it alone. That's the best thing that could ever happen. And it's hard because you get the corporate bullshit in it, but there is a spot for this stuff to to live, to thrive and to keep going because I think it needs to. We can't be force fed the media narrative on the team over and over again because we know it. I could spit you out a media narrative right now. I'm not going to because it's not my job and I'm getting paid to do it. The illiches are not giving me money. You just got blocked by Ansar for that. Yeah, exactly. Ansar <laughs> will listen to five seconds of this and he'll immediately block me. But I think it's important in when something like this dies, um, a good source of information dies and a good source of opinion and knowledge about the game goes away unless all the individual writers just get together and just keep putting shit on Twitter, which is possible. 
But I think it's all part of the absorption and dilution of good media. So we saw it happen with The Athletic, right? The Athletic, um, me and Ryan went to like the initial Athletic like launch party in Detroit. Uh, we talked to Craig Custance. There was a bunch of stuff where and the guys were super awesome. And then they get bought out and they start becoming more corporate and the content goes downhill and it gets watered down because they got to toe a line. So I, have you been noticing more of that, more of just the bigger companies absorbing the smaller companies and then kind of just like diluting them a lot? Yeah. And I'll mention there is actually kind of a, a common thread here that at the outset of Vox and then at the outset of The Athletic, um, both of those uh, James Myrtle was involved in. So he's gotten pretty good at doing that kind of stuff. That's one of the things like I, one of the things that kept me with Fox is the, this. I've only had two league managers. So those are the people that were actually full time employees of Fox. And I've told both of them, listen, you could fire me if if you have to, but I'm not taking any orders from the, the corporate overlords. And you can offer that, like, here's what we'd like to see, but like, I'm not towing the line. Like, there is not one way to be an SB Nation blogger. I'm, uh, I'm gonna try not to like to muddy the waters and and pick too many bloggers with the rest of these folks. But at the end of the day, like, you've got to leave us alone to to do our own thing and. SB Nation really, really, really did a good job of, of that before they sold to Vox. And Vox, for a while, really held off on that. I know we had a, a, a lot more uh, sponsored posts in the last few years, and I always felt gross doing that. But it was always like, you know, I'm, I'm being left alone to, to produce whatever content we want. I never had a story killed. I never got told no to do this. We did get asked if there was going to be something specifically hot takey to – to you know, at least run tone it through it somebody a first. Uh, yeah, never got never got told to, to tone it back. Just to be careful with what we were saying, because you know, at any given day, you can end up being the the main character of the internet. Nobody wants that. But yeah, I, I do see that. Like in terms of the value of that fan voice, that that that's got to be something out there because it wasn't until what, 2015, 2016, before the diggers started saying anything like remotely critical of the Red Wing. Yeah, it was fairly recently. Yeah. And then even then it was like <clears throat> recycled stuff from what we've all we'd all been saying for, for three years. And I'll tell you, honestly, if, if you've followed along with Wim, you'd know that we've been a little bit more. Uh, uh, what's what's the word for it? Uh, we, we were uh, maybe late to arrive to the really critical of the wings party. I'll, I'll own that. That was always me. But yeah, it was like, I don't, I'm not beholden to it. We played around a, a little bit with, at some point we were trying to get credentials from the wings and we just came up with so many different, uh, they, they always put roadblocks on, they always put conditions oh, on it. Like, I'm sorry. I, I like, I would love to, if there's one of my writers who really does want to like turn this into a full journalism career, then I, I want to toe the line at least for them so that they can go get their credentials and, and be, you know, the little journalist. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to get on a blog and say, I'm sorry, Justin Abdicate would fucking suck tonight. And I think that was the one thing that, that I noticed. And I think that is the switch that flipped was Helene St. James. And I remember it clear as day wrote a piece that maybe it's time to buy out Justin Abdicator. 
And I think that is the one where I'm like, is she allowed to say that? Can she go online and type those words and not immediately get her credentials pulled? And to her credit, she did it. Now they haven't really done anything since that. But I think that was the one where it came up on Twitter and like the headline was it's time to buy out Abdulkader or something like that. And I mean, we had been saying that for three years already, but she was able to go online and type those words and not get fired. So I think they they have some leeway, but they, they have to tow a company line. I think it probably has to do with the credibility and how long she's been there, considering. I feel like the longer you're somewhere, the more tenure you should have and the more freedom you should have to say stupid shit. Look at Toronto. Look at all the stupid shit their reporters can say. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that's the reason she could get away with writing an article like that and not getting fired. Is it Jim Matheson? Jim Matheson can literally go online every day and say the dumbest shit possible and he still has a job. Like, come on. I was going to say any Canadian market is pretty much that way. And I would, you would think that for the history of Detroit, yeah, we had the, the golden years through the nineties and early two thousands, but why is it so difficult to get answer to ask why Jonathan Erickson was pl- still playing it in the lineup? That's what got me blocked on by him back in the day, several years ago. Like and you just, weren't even a, mean about it. It's a simple question. Just, just be critical of the team's play because it wasn't good. They were handicapping themselves trying to get back into the playoffs. But the you would think by reading the diggers and what they're writing that things were still fine and dandy and they're making that 27th year of, of the playoffs or something like that. Like why why yeah. is that so hard? I mean, I'm not saying berate the 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 players after a game. You don't do that. You don't. But be a little harder on the coach. Get a little bit harder on Ken Holland. I get that he had been here for never, but at the same time. There's frustration that was just building and building and building, and you're just hearing the same shit in a with a different color. Yeah, I got blocked for saying something about like I think it was when Datsuk got traded. Datsuk's contract got traded to Arizona or to Phoenix at the time, and then they went out and they spent money on stupid players like Franz Nielsen, guys like that. And I was critical about that, and I got blocked for that. I, I got a. I asked the question basically like, why would you just not keep keep the cap space instead of spending it on mediocre players? And I got blocked for that. So I'm the only one not blocked. So now I have to screenshot everything and post it on Twitter for everyone. I think he eventually found out that my personal account is run, the same person that runs the whim account. And I think he ended up blocking my personal account like earlier this year because he had the whim account blocked forever. You've been had. <laughs> and Sarkhan has your number. It's just it's and and that's what it is, Ryan. It's just that if you had just a little bit, a little bit of journalistic integrity to just be able to question things instead of towing the line and collecting a check, which is basically what they do now, because all three writers write the same exact articles every time and they regurgitate them with different words. And it's it 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 sucks because it's not there's no thought that goes into it. They're not into advanced stats because they don't want to take the time to learn that. So they're not going to give you any statistical approach to anything. They're going to get mad if you try to turn it around on them. And I can get the same content from a 12 year old writing a blog. So I just it's to me, I'm not going to pay for free. That's the other thing. It's all behind payroll uh, paywalls now. So I'm not going to pay for free. I'm not going to pay for Detroit News just to read the same five articles. I'll go on. I think uh, what's what's Alan's blog now, Ryan? Is it Detroit Hockey Now? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Detroit Hockey Now. We've got that one with... They do um, good stuff. The the Duffer. Bob Duff? Yeah. 
they're they're at least crit means their articles are sometimes mildly out there but they're at least questioning things and calling shit out where again we haven't we don't see that the other way around you mean like that goal that halberg just gave up uh, you know i was trying not to say that we're now getting our dick stomped but we're to that point um i just want to say one thing that you know the whole whim thing and I'm from Boston personally, and, um, you know, I've been a Wings fan since I was a little kid, but basically, like, I think it was like 09, I want to say, uh, somewhere around there. I, I wanted to, I had a neighbor across the street who was a Wings fan, and, and that's kind of one of the w- reasons I became a Wings fan. But anyways, I wanted an opinion that wasn't just his, so I went online and tried to find, like, you know, things about that. And that I, that's kind of how I found Wim. And then obviously when Twitter came out, I followed. And that was like one of the one of the things that kind of inspired me to start with this basically was join the blog and then start the podcast. So, I mean, that I mean, that's kind of the end of an era, which is kind of sad. But, you know, hopefully that everything goes well, uh, you know, going forward or at least, you know, someone gets it and at least keeps it the way it is now. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, same for me. It's you get it was the early, early advent of Twitter and getting online and trying to find Red Wings stuff. And it's one of the first Red Wings accounts that I followed. And it it's the same thing as Tyler says, is you get into it, you hear the opinions you read. I just just going back, looking up more information and found a seven year old AMA you guys did on Reddit. That was interesting. Uh, talking <laughs> about Athanasiu and Thomas Yurko and uh, yeah, the, the boys back then, Riley Shan. But it, it's the kind of the same thing as you get on. You're like, I have opinions, too. So I want to talk about my opinions and I want to start something that other people can listen to. So, I mean, it's it's one of the reasons that I'm still doing it today as well, is that it's you you find people, you find a community that you can attach to and then you find yourself having things to say to and then finding a method to do it. So I'm in the same boat as Tyler's. It's just one of the reasons that I started as well. Yeah, and going back to the corporatization of of it all, that's one of the things that has really has really changed. And honestly, it's kind of it, it's made it a little bit harder for the the blogosphere to 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 grow because that's one of the things that changed recently too. It's like I remember when some of the other draw, blogs were falling off, like Nightmare on Helm Street or, or On the Wings, and all that stuff was around, and we were still good. And then you started seeing blog networks pop up that were run by folks who were not fans of the teams. Oh yeah. Money grabs. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know if, if this is the case. I don't even know if this blog is still around because I totally ignored them. Uh, once I discovered that they were being run by a, a Maple Leafs fan, but the, the, the nation network, the, the wings nation was originally started by a Maple Leafs fan. And I'm like, Nope. Of course it was not going to give any attention to that. Is it because of the nation, like in general, like that was just they just started branching it out and like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, that was uh, Jeff Filet, who who ran the, the the early version of the the nation network, uh, decided they wanted to, to branch out to the wings, uh, you know, because there was a I don't know. They just read the market. There was there was more than enough. And I guess they, they wanted to come and try to, to poach. And it, it, it's obvious fans know when they're being talked to by somebody who isn't a fan of their team. Now that you mention um, it, Wings Nation has posted a bunch of suspect stuff. Yeah, I mean, there, there are. I don't want to. I don't want to call names because I'll, I'll tell you honestly. For the longest time, uh, another SB Nation blog, Mile High Hockey, was run by a Maple Leafs fan. 
Uh, fortunately, that guy got fired. Now they're actually run by an Avalanche fan uh, and a person that I respect. But it's like you can you can always tell the the flavor of a blog when it's not run by when it's run by a guy who doesn't give a shit about the people. The Leafs yeah, uh, sad are sad. Ever. They're sad. Well, they're sad in their own community, so they have to try to branch yeah. out a little bit. <laughs> so. It, and it, it always it makes everybody a little bit more defensive. Like, am I talking to? Is this like a is a bot? Is this a corporate shill? Who who the hell is this? So I'm bummed about that. But yeah, that's that's what that's another thing that that we're kind of losing here. Wow, I, I didn't know, realize that. <laughs> that's, Blue no, Ryan's that's, that's mind. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's bullshit. I mean, I, I get it. I, I get the sense of starting it to expand the network. But then to hold on to it, and that's the controlled content, it makes so much more sense, as as you just mentioned. And that's just fucking wow. Yeah, that's why, like, with Wim, uh, I'm, they're handing me the archives, and they're giving me the, the IP. I don't plan on being the blog manager after all that's done, but I don't plan on selling it because I, this is what I'm worried about. I, I don't want somebody who's not an actual... I would rather give this to a Wings fan than sell it for... I don't even know what it's worth. I guess if it were worth enough money, I'd sell out. I don't. Know. Have you have you Y'all talked around to anyone yet that's possibly interested in it? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a, a ranking list, but I'm, I'm still waiting to hear basically their their plans. And if it ends up like we just kind of end up dark for the summer, and then somebody is is really able to to kind of jump into it. Because um, right now, like Kyle is is my succession plan at this point, but. He's got to get got to get a few things worked out, and there's yeah. He's got a lot some, going on. It's a mountain of work. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a job, and for people that already have full time jobs, it's hard taking on a, another job. And it's understandable because even doing this is it's a lot of work, and we do it mostly for fun. And it's it's still a lot of editing and, and scheduling and content and being online. So I, I mean I get it. It makes it it's. It needs to stay around, I think, but you're right. It needs to be in the hands of the right person when it does stay around because it can't just be turned into another Maple Leafs fan, disguised fan blog. (laughs) Right. Infiltrating everywhere. Yeah, it's not going to happen. What we're going to do real quick is we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA team, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. I've actually found the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night into your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands, so you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than what you would with some other guys. 
That way you can keep one pair in your bag, one pair in your bedroom, one pair in your car, and you're still paying less than other premium brands on the market. Even if you know you love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Your Raycons have three customizable sound profiles for when you're watching movies, listening to music, or playing games. They get a long eight hours of playtime for the everyday earbuds and 11 for the everyday speaker. And they are water and sweat resistant for those Michigan winters where you have to be out shoveling or snow blowing the driveway. So if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. And we're back. So what we're going to go into now is a little bit about the Red Wings. I want to kind of get Jay's opinion on the season, kind of some surprises, some disappointments, what we're looking at in the future of the Iser plan. But let's start with surprises and kind of your take on the team right now. Um, what do you like in what you see? Is there anything that has surprised you yet this season to this point? Surprises? Not really, because I kind of went in not really knowing what to expect. Like, I obviously didn't expect... Uh, any of the stuff that happened with Verona and I'm hoping that 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 like I, I just want that to resolve like I just want it to be good again um but no I, I went into this season with the with the idea that there's almost no way for this season to to be a disaster because if we end up losing a ton then we get a really great draft pick and a really deep draft if we end up winning a ton, like I'm, I'm not, not going to believe that this is a, a Stanley Cup contender, but a playoff berth isn't the worst thing for this group because what we've seen, especially in this, since this run, this latest run has started, is this is a team that's starting to build an identity. And you can see that there is chemistry in there. And I don't know how many of these guys are still going to be around the next time we are a contender. But I think the team identity that's being formed right now is still going to be around, even if all the pieces are like if Tyler Bertuzzi has gone next year. Yeah, fine. But what what's happened now is going to ripple out. That's where Lucas Raymond and, and Mo Sider um, and, and Jonathan Bergeron and, and all these kids are like they're getting and Michael Rasmussen specifically are, are getting that like this is the taste that they that they need to like this is how much harder you got to work this is how much more you got to focus this is a hard time of the year to really keep that work in and keep that focus in because it's a grind of a season um but it's also this is how much how rewarding it can be so well that's what we wanted was is meaningful games in march finally playing yeah. meaningful games in March. But how much of that do you kind of attribute to the coach, the coaching change and what he's trying to bring into it? Because I love what Newsy's done so far. Most tra transparent coach I've ever heard. Yeah, I am still like every time somebody brings up a, a what could be a criticism of, of a lawn, I'm like, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I can see where, you know, maybe he's not treating this well, but until I've got like reason to believe that, what he's doing is 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 not the right thing. Like I, I'm I'm bought in because every time I see a quote from him, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I would have said if I were the coach. I'm really glad. Like he is much better at giving more information, but still not giving all the information. Because we have to realize that at a fan, as fans, we got to be at arm's length about stuff. There's stuff that you can't tell us because then you're also telling 31 other teams. Um, so. But the fact that he's got this, like, you can tell he's coaching him. You can tell he's talking to him well. 
you can tell he's being straight with them, and then he's coming out to us, and he's not getting too high or too low on anybody. It's just, you know, here, here's how we're going to move forward, and they seem to gen- genuinely like him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm real excited about about Lalonde. It's, it's nice to see what he said he was going to do before the season in terms of the relationships and how he was going to react or be towards the players on this team. That's come to a head because they're they're reacting yeah. to it. I feel like we're seeing more emotion a little bit now. I'm not trying to I'm avoiding anything on, on the negative piece of, of Blashill, but you got to wonder at the end of that was were they more or less tuning him out? And that can that's again up for debate and whatever we want to call it. But you're seeing, I think, this season a refreshed group of guys, and it starts with Larkin, of course. I think the veterans that they brought in that you kind of speaks to your point about how the mental and physical toughness they're going to need over the next couple of weeks trying to make this push. It's just a combination of things that you're starting to see this look like a real hockey team again. And it's refreshing. I mean, none of us, JJ called it. No one really knew what to expect. Greg, Tyler, we were just talking about this. I wasn't on last week, but we felt that with how things were put together, this could be a bubble wildcard team. And now there's, we're starting to see that. And it's what all we can hope for to build off of at this point. Because if, if they keep taking steps forward, we know we've got more guys coming that are in Grand Rapids right now. There's several guys over in Europe, especially in the SHL, that are about to be over here. If this is where we're at now, makes me it, 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 you have to be even more excited looking at next year, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the other thing is, too, I mean, it kind of makes sense that they're starting to play well at this point in time of the season, considering how long it usually takes for a new coach to, uh, you know, put their system in and then for the players to actually get it. Like, I'm not surprised that they didn't play well out of the gate because, you know, I mean, they've never played under him or most of them. Right there. Is there one player that's played under him? I don't believe so, right? Because Nemesnikov would have been the only one, and he he was on the team last year, of course. So, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of just makes sense that they're starting to play well at this point in time. And I mean, I have no complaints about Newsy. He's been, you know, as transparent as you guys said that he can be, and and I agree with that 100%. And Ryan, back to your point, it's like this is the culmination of everything. The, you started with a ton of new players. You started with a brand-new system. You started with a brand-new coach. And this is the the grinding part of the season. Your team is almost 100% healthy now. We lost Rasmussen, but it's and he's a very important piece. He definitely would have helped in this game because the Sens are being a bunch of shitheads. But it's it's coming together. They're gelling. They've built that chemistry. We knew it wasn't going to happen from the beginning of the season. Now, there's still a decent shot from making the playoffs. And Ottawa winning tonight is not going to help. But... It's the team is where I think where where we said we'd be impressed or we would call this season successful if they were competitive every single night, if they were still playing for something come this month. And and it's what they're doing. So, I mean, already the successful uh, successful season, I think someone was quoted earlier saying this is their playoff. Like what they're doing right now is basically what they're treating as their playoffs is how they're playing right now. Hard games every night against teams that are in the same position as them, which is what they should be doing. So, I mean, I, I have no qualms with the coach, the staff, the special teams has has brought it up. They were an issue for a while, but they're back to being good. So, no, I mean, it, it's been great. But do you have any disappointment? Have you found anything that you're just like, man, I really wish that was a lot better besides Ben Sherratt? <laughs> <laughs> well, you took the words right out of my mouth. 
Um, despite the fact that it's been more hot recently, like the I have not liked the the power play theme like for a long time. You know, people smarter than me, than me, specifically uh, Prashant, have been talking about the Red Wings power play setup and like where guys are on on the ice, and you still see every once in a while, and essentially every time they score, you see that they're really doing a good job of running the play from beneath the goal line or right at the goal line. They get that uh, that net front guy out to the side, and that opens up the space in the bumper, and that creates a lot of good scoring opportunities. You know, we've seen more of that in the last few weeks, but, you know, where the hell was that in December when every time we're like, hey, can we can we decline this power play? Um, <laughs> five on five, please. Again, it's, it, my, other, I mean, my other big disappointment is, is another one that like we haven't seen in a few weeks, but... For a long time, they were still, I guess it was still adjusting to the Lolan system because their forecheck was still, you'd still see too many times where all three of the forwards were below the dots and they didn't have that, that third forward covering high. And it's it's cheating a little bit for offense because honestly, what, what that does is it slows down the the other team's transition game and it stops the puck in the neutral zone and then you get to counterattack, and you get more chances off rushes when you do it like that. And so, if you got your guys cheating or not covering for a certain defenseman wearing a, a Ivar Larionov's old number, um, you don't slow down the transition, and they end up cycling in your zone. By the time you get it out, like we don't have a counter punching team. We've got no. We've got a, a cycling team, and and we've got a if we can get turnovers at really key areas, that that works. But we don't have a. a a goal line to goal line breakout squad. So um, outside of that, I was really expecting a little bit more from, from David Perron in this, this middle time. Like, I think he's been playing well, but he hasn't been scoring very much. Um, I don't know. It, it, at, after that, it's kind of like, you know, just just trying to, to nitpick really. I, I've been generally happy with the way the team has gone. I, I'm, I'm certain there's a bunch of players like Andrew Kopp would, would have liked to have gotten off to a stronger start, but he also recovering from a, a pretty decent injury. So I've been happy with him. I'm going to expect more from him next year. I'll tell you that though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, isn't that impressive in and of itself though, is you can maybe have two complaints and then be like, no, I mean, overall the team's been pretty decent as to where yep. two years ago, you could have, we could have done an entire episode about <laughs> co- what is your complaint of the day? I have Would one have complaint. The soup, the soup du jour. What is, what's your complaint, Tyler? Net, just Ned overall this year. See, and that, and I can't even, at this point, I can't even complain about that because how long has it been since he's played here? And he's been really good. It's disappointing, I guess, is, is the better way to put it. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning now, and, and we have to say where we messed up, at the beginning of the season, we had said that, man, a Huso and Adalkovich combo could have been one of the best goalie tandems in the NHL. Absolutely. With the way Ned played. Swing and a miss. Last year and Huso, now Huso's been very good this year. But that was a, a big a big flop there. And Lalone was asked, like, are we going to see Ned again? He's like, he's number three on our list. It's very possible we could see him again. I would be surprised if they didn't try moving him because he his contract's up at the end of the year. And he has been playing very well in Grand Rapids. And there are teams that do need goalies. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was moved. Helberg's been a more than serviceable backup, except for some soft goals tonight. But 
I mean, it's I can't even complain about Ned because I could complain about Ned if he was still up and still putting uh, sub 900 uh, save percentage up. I could complain about him then, but he hasn't. So, I mean, I really my only gripe is the same thing is that it took. We saw the power play in preseason and this power play in preseason was phenomenal. And then you get started and we're like, what the hell is this? Where's the power play that we had in preseason? But Tangay's turned it around lately and it's it's looking better. And what what Bugner has been able to do for guys like Philip Ronick, I think, has been very impressive. They need to figure it out and quick because I am tonight is not a night, especially after they looked against Tampa in the God mode that Vasilevsky went into like they really Holy Lord. I don't even know what what where to start with what needs to happen. But just get out of your own way. Quit getting you can tell that Ottawa's done enough of the the little brother syndrome of poking them just the right way. And now they're starting to get pissed off and they're reacting to it. And you've seen that from a lot of different teams this year. I think someone just put it out there. It was Beardquist Lee saying this isn't a tough enough team. You gotta think that most teams probably feel that way in a way, in a sense. Because Who's going to go after a guy like Kachuk that just went and gave the old uh, Dr. McCracken from Slapshot over to the bench right there, seeing he's going to go after him? Who's going to go after him? Who's going to fight him? Sherratt? You want Sherratt your... to get dummied by Brady Kachuk? Who else is going to go after him? Anybody? No. I mean, that's and that's the thing is we don't have a I'm guy. I'm not saying I want a fighter. Like I, no. I, I was so excited for years for Giovanni Smith, and then every time he came up, all he did was get into a fight, lose that fight, and then sit in the box for something else and then did nothing else. We had Adam Ernie. Eh. Witkowski, no, no different than Smith, maybe even a little bit worse. Like there's been no guy that can go out and actually start shit and then score goals or create goals. We need a Tom Wilson, which is increasingly rare in the league because it's either you're a you're a Ryan Reeves, which does nothing except for be a piece of shit or you're a scorer who doesn't hit people. I mean, it's because you're trying to not to hurt yourself. So it's hard to find that happy middle currently. Well, this is the league that, that everybody wanted, you know? No, this no, is... no, don't start that. Absolutely no, not. I'm just go saying, down this. Way. I'm just saying that this is people talk about the, the physicality and, and taking the physicality. out. They've been doing it for years now. Well, Don't no. be a league that say you're going to start calling this type of shit and then don't call it. And now you've got chaos on the ice. Well, that's that's one thing. But I mean, I do agree with you when you guys say that you need someone that will at least respond. Um, you know, I mean, Bertuzzi could be that guy, but I mean, he broke what his hand already this he's year, right? Both, so, both, both of his hand. hands. So, I mean, he's not going out there and doing that. So who, who are you going to call on? Ben Sherratt? No. Uh, I mean, he'd probably be the only one that I could really think of that would, would do it. And you definitely don't want Cider or anybody like that doing it. So, I mean, at some point you got to bring those guys in, but those guys are so few and far between. Like you guys said, it's, it's tough. Well, it's always going to be disappointing because he's so big. But I do think that Michael Rasmussen is capable of not doing the Tom Wilson thing, but I think that Michael Rasmussen is is really growing into uh, at least being Brian Boyle. And that's that's an effective uh, effective role player. And I think if he's in this game, that changes the temperature a little bit. Um, yeah, but honestly, I, I think that like 
this is where it feels weird saying this, but I, I miss Vlad Domestikov because that dude was angry all the time, one hundred percent enraged. If anybody looked at one of his teammates wrong, he was just mad. He never won a fight. I'm, I'm not even sure he actually, if he ever got into anything that was considered a fight. But he was always in people's faces. Like that's what I like to see. Like Dominic Kubalik. Like if you're not going to score goals, you can go out there and just piss people off. Then. Yeah, and I think that was Bertuzzi's role at one point. But like you said, is his, his hands are apparently made out of glass. That's what that's same thing happened to Anthony Mantha before we traded him. He'd punch a person and break his hand. So it's. A, there are guys I think that could do it. And Robbie Fabry has gotten angry a, a lot this season. But again, you don't want the guy who's been injured to try to fight people. And I think Jake Wallman could do it. Maybe Jake Wallman's gotten angry a few times, but again, he's hurt his shoulder. So it's guys you want that are kind of built better. And I really wish and I think Mo's a sturdy guy. And I really wish Mo would just unleash on someone because I think it would be one of the funniest things ever just to watch him him dominate a guy and just beat him. But they're not going to let him do that because he's supposed to be your star player. And your star player is not going to be one you're going to go just let out and beat people up. You're They're the ones that are people are going to respond for them if you're not the Red Wings, I guess, because we don't really have anyone to respond for anyone. But it's you're right. We do need a bigger guy who's got some skill who can fight and Rasmussen, I think could be that guy. I mean, he's scary when he just looks at people a lot of the times and it's someone to keep the flies off and Brady Kachuk's the biggest fly on this team. So the Boyle comparisons a really good one. Actually that, that I didn't really think about that, but that's true. Um, the other guy that you could really think of that, that would do it, you know, if he was asked to do it would be Larkin, but you don't want your captain doing that either. So, yeah. I wonder if Soderblom could come in and do the same thing, though. Because that's a guy that I don't think anyone's going to mess with because he is so big. I was just thinking about all the the towers that are getting ready to hit this roster. You got Soderblom, Evanson. Like, are they going to come in and be some shit disturbers? I mean, they've got the skill. Now use your size to that advantage. Get some, throw that muscle on and let's go. What's Carter Mazur going to do when he finally makes it to the NHL level? Because he's another one. He's a Bertuzzi-style player who gets right in people's faces. So I think there's stuff coming up. We just don't have anything right now, which is why Lalone has said from the beginning when they asked him about playoffs, he's like, this isn't a playoff-style team. Like, we might make the play. And I love that he says the stuff that we're all thinking. Is they go, well, what about the playoffs? He goes, if we, I mean, we could make the playoffs. We're not going to do anything in the playoffs because we're not, a, we're not built for it. We don't have the tough enough guys for it. We don't have the skill to go that long. And it's just if we make it, we make it. That's nice. But it's not a it's not something that this team is built for. But if they make I, it fun, cool. I wonder if Lalonde is telling the truth when he says that he doesn't like look at the standings and doesn't tell the team about the standings. He did say that on one of one of the more recent interviews. I, I wonder if that he's telling the truth or not. I wouldn't doubt that. it. I'm not if I'm in his position as a first year coach of a team who's still rebuilding and is on the rebound and from the beginning of the season was not looking at the playoffs. I don't really have a reason to look at the standings. I mean, I'm going to be told by Stevie what the standings are generally, but I'm not points chasing. I know we need to go into every game and play it like it's the last game of the season, like we need to win. So I bet you the players look on their own, though. Well, I, I would if I was a player. Yeah, and I think that's a uh, specific coaching style. Like, he's going to tell you we're not looking at the standings. He's not talking to the players about the standings, but he knows that that's what the players are doing. He knows that that's helping motivate them. And 
honestly, it's, it's just really weird. Like he gets to be the boss. He gets to be the coach. He gets to be the, but this gives them like a little way of, it's not, not even rebelling against him, but it's like, Hey, coach isn't talking about this. We're talking about it. That, that's like another piece that builds that, like that, that in team camaraderie. Like, yeah, they, the guys can worry about it. It's, it's not coach's job. It's coach's job. Like, Hey, what's the next game? Yeah, it's rebuffing your locker room. It's giving the guys their own. They get their own identity. Their identity is not the coach. Their identity yeah. is what they make it. He can help form it if he wants to. And that's where I think I think the way he talked about the beginning was awesome, where he's like, if a guy needs a kick in the ass, I'm going to give him a kick in the ass. If the guy needs a pat on the back, I'm going to give him a pat on the back. Every player's style is different. And a one size fits all coach does not work in this league anymore. So he's going to help build the players up and give like teach them up the way they need to be taught up and, and fix their issues the way they need, they need their issues fixed. It's up to them to go into the locker room and figure out what kind of team they're going to be. He can help it, but he's not going to do it for them. So, yeah, uh, the last thing I think I want to talk about tonight, we have a couple minutes and this is just going to be a quick one. Uh, you are Stevie going forward. Are you buying? Are you selling or are you standing pat? Uh, if I had to choose one of them, I'd stand pat. I would feel real embarrassed if we end up going to uh, to July without either an extension or a valuable piece going into the future for Tyler Bertuzzi's rights. I, I would say, like maybe if if you've got something that you can get rid of a, a, a third or fourth round pick just to kind of like bring a new guy in then then do that but i would not i would definitely not buy and selling is, is it, it's got to be a smart thing if you can get to find a taker for verona if you get a really good offer for bertuzzi um but this is it's it's all about the focus for what does the team look like ne- going into next year uh how are our valuable assets positioned for what is all going to ripen when exactly we want it to. And next year is when that ripening has got to really got to start accelerating. Well, I mean, I agree on all the points. I mean, it's, it's all, it's what we've been saying the the whole season so far. So uh, Jay, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, where can people find you online? Where can they follow you? Find your stuff. Well, for a little while I'm uh, at, at winging it Motown, not winging it in, but winging it Motown. Uh, and uh, JJ from Kansas on on twitter um don't go looking for me anywhere else i don't friend people on facebook i don't have an instagram I'm, remember i'm old get off my lawn um <laughs> for at least another month i guess ryan appreciate it jj for coming on um, it's nice hearing there's the the quiet optimism from the group meaning red wings fandom and everywhere else in between so this game obviously i've been watching this off to the side has been frustrating to say the least but it's all building towards a good cause and that good cause is more less of this frustration and more happiness of saying, Hey, we're not worried about if we're going to make the playoffs. We are in the playoffs at this point, but no, it's, it's, it's going to be a long, interesting week to say the least. Cause we, we are creeping up. We have uh, what, four days, three days away now when this comes out from, uh, the trade deadline hitting. So where are they going to be seeing something crazy? Or nothing at all. We don't know because literally all of the Met national writers have no idea what Eisman is doing. They say they are. They say they know what's going on or they've got a feel for something. 
quote unquote. I've never seen bigger disclaimers on tweets than I have seen (laughs) tweets about the Red Wings trade plans. Every single one that comes out, you're just like, is Is that what's happening? I mean, we always can relate back to what we've talked about before is that Eisenman will trade away a captain in a heartbeat. Is that going to happen now? No, but he's done it so he can get crazy. Get a little, little sip of something or some ginger ales, as you old Mick would say, and things things happen at two in the morning. But no, it's 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 fun to have the excitement and frustration of playoff level hockey right now, and I don't want that to go away because we haven't had this in what six years, seven years now. So getting a little chippy. Larkin's now getting into it. Bite some meat. We need we need Dan Campbell. We need a Dan Campbell motivational speech here for the Red Wings to finish out the season, but. No, I'm, I'm rambling now because I'm, I'm getting distracted by the game in the background. But other than that, RD Ryan 33. Uh, um, first off, thanks, JJ, for joining us. Appreciate it, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have some good hockey. Um, or I guess, you know, some some important hockey in the hockey month than what we're of, used to. of February, hopefully March, and then, you know, maybe April as well. Like, like that's kind of the goal here and then, you know, hopefully you build towards next year and, and you know, hopefully get to the playoffs uh, if you don't this year, but uh, no, it's good. It's it, for the first time in a while, I've been really excited to watch the wings. Not that I haven't been excited to watch hockey in general, but like, you know, actually a genuine op- optimistic, you know, view on, on hoping they win games and, you know, you're checking the standings on the other teams and everything else. So that's pretty much my final thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We can give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting us and spreading us around. We can give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. If you use the promo code Grindline on Howie'sHockeyTape.com, you get 10% off your order. If you use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off your order. Check us out on YouTube, sub to our channel, turn on the notifications. It's going to get crazy. In the next couple of days, I'm probably going to be, depending on what happens, could be making a video a day, depending on what happens. Um, you can find our merch on redbubble.com. Go to redbubble.com, search the grind line. All our stuff is there. But again, thank you, JJ, for coming on and talking with us. And that is going to do it for, it, uh, for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.